Hello, hello, it's Belen Diaz and this is The Evolve Show. And today we have with us another great speaker and her name is Kate Winner. Kate is an environmental educator, writer and gardener. She is a 2015 Brower Youth Award winner and 2017 recipient of the John Goddard Prize for Environmental Conservancy. Hello, Kate, how are you? I'm good, how are you doing? I'm good, it's a pleasure to have you here and an honor. Thank you for your time. Yeah, I'm happy to be here. Thank you. And I was thinking maybe we can start by telling the audience a little bit about you and your business, if you wanna tell us a little bit about it. Yeah, totally. Uh, so my name is Kate. Um, I'm a gardener, an environmental educator, and writer, and budding herbalist, and my business is Loam. We're a community organization that has three branches. Um, Loam, which is our publishing company, so we do a lot of print publications, you know, from magazines to books around regenerative living. Loam Listen, which is our podcast, um, so really committed to audio storytelling, um, on climate regeneration and creativity and community, and then Loam Home, which will actually be a bricks and mortar community center devoted to climate regeneration. And uh, outside of that, I just love, you know, really impassioned by inspiring people to grow their own gardens and connect them to resources for creative and regenerative living. Wow, that's so interesting. <laughs> I love it. And then I was uh, thinking too, like you are very young to have your own business too. You started very young. Did you feel always confident about starting something or how all this business come up? It was just an idea and you just jump in with your confidence and start <laughs> doing it or you were like, oh, I don't know if I should do this. How was your... Hmm. You know, I think what helped is that uh, my parents are both small business owners, so and it always kind of been modeled for me, um, you know, and I think I really learned a lot from them about how to run your own business, and I just think the way that I'm wired um, helped with this type of work, but I do think, I don't know if I always felt confident, um, but I always felt like deep trust that this was the work that I wanted to be doing, and I could sense it because, you know, now I'm really lucky I'm able to do this full time. And I have a few like, you know, gigs to supplement it, but they're all really related to what I'm doing. Um, you know, and I'm able to have employees, which is such a gift. And um, and even when I did it, even when I was just doing this in like the spare hours of the day, I was always finding ways to make my work schedule accommodate loan and this dream. So I think there, you know, the confidence grew as I got as I could feel into people's reactions about what I was building and begin to share and this vision with others and really co-create it with my community. But there was certainly always trust. I was like, this is what I want to do. This is what I need to do. And I'm going to like take on four different part-time jobs if it means that I can still tend to this dream. Wow. Well, I feel like that's totally like a lot of confidence right there. <laughs> you saw your vision and you moved forward. You knew what you wanted. And it took time and it took everything. And I bet a lot of hours and what you were saying, different jobs and everything, but you keep going. And I think that's the most important thing. Yeah. And I think that's how you know you really love something. Like it never felt like a choice. I was like, I really love this. <laughs> I'm just going to keep trying to figure it out. And 
you know, I am still figuring it out, you know, like things are changing, especially now, but I continue to feel like really committed to this vision. Yeah, life is figuring out all day long. So we are all in there. <laughs> so Kate, I was reading on your website in the beginning, it says it's a fertile soil that nurture growth. Do you want to talk a little bit about that, about your business? Yeah, so the idea is really, you know, I started as, I fell in love with gardening, um, maybe when I was in high school, I really was just inspired, I was learning about factory farming, industrialized agriculture, and felt really inspired to grow my own food, and, you know, when you come into conversation with the gardens, one of the first things you learn about is soil, and soil health, and loamy soil is the most fertile soil, so the idea of loam always really resonated with me because a big question I'm holding around my work is, how do I create a space um, for artists and activists and educators in our community to really bloom? So Loam is all about creating that container, creating that nourishing, fertile container um, that supports creative community, especially creatives who are working towards climate regeneration. Wow, that's so cool. I think this subject is very interesting because for me, like I don't have a lot of knowledge about it. So I'm very curious. I'm like, oh, mm -hmm. gardening. And it's too, it's like, it's so important because if you look at it, it's actually all the food we put in our body. Like it's mm -hmm. something you can do it. And nowadays people are not, like they don't see the importance of that. So I think it's a really valuable work that you're putting out there. Thanks, and I think what's nice is that a lot more people, especially with the pandemic, are connecting to the value of having their own gardens, even if it's just, you know, a little container garden on your porch. And I also just think gardening is really creative. And I love growing edible flowers and herbs and all of that color and smell and scent. Like, it really activates my creativity. So I think for a lot of reasons, it's a really beautiful practice. Yeah, that's so good. And how would you say, like, for example, I'm saying like you work with uh, creative people uh, and activists. So you will see how uh, caring about the world, caring about uh, gardening and taking things from the earth and coming back to that um, main base, right, of life, the basics of life, all those things can help you to feel better about yourself, right? Yeah, totally. I think um, environmental activism is a really beautiful form of self-care and building self-confidence um, because it helps you really learn how to show up in service um, to your own heart, to your homes, to your communities. And I think a lot of the work that I do, I do it because it really nourishes me and it brings me a lot of joy um and i think growing your capacity to read the world right learning how to forage for wild foods how to grow a garden all of those skills really strengthens your confidence you feel like more at home where you are um and i also think it's nice too because i think a lot of mainstream conversations surrounding self-care and self-confidence don't really connect it to how to the community and I found that environmental practices, right, they nurture myself. I feel really um, joyful doing this work, um, even when it's hard and even when the topic is difficult. 
um, because climate change is like a huge existential threat. Um, but because what I'm doing is ultimately connecting me to other people, I feel like it's this, it is this really beautiful form of care. Like we always say at Long that self-care is community care and how you show up to yourself is how you show up to your community. And I feel so much more confident when I'm in community with people, when I'm collaborating with others and learning from others and helping others, however, you know, I'm asked to be, to help. Um, so I do really think there is like a direct connection between the two. Yeah, that's so important. I think like, as I was saying, like your job is so important to like teach people about these things. I know you do a lot of workshops that had to be a concert right now, but they will mm -hmm. continue to teach people about these things. So I think it's really good what you do. And then it comes to my mind a question about all the activists and uh, all the work you guys do for the planet or like when you care about uh, the environment so much. I always, I feel very curious because I feel like it's something so, it can be frustrating, right? To fight things that are not really in your hands, but it is actually in the hands of all of us to start little by little, right? Yeah. I mean, I do think there's a lot of frustration and there's a lot of heartbreak doing this work. But I also think it's like we create our own sense of limitations. And I do think, right, to some extent, there's, there's, there's crises in motion, right? Like our planet will be profoundly different. Um, and I think the idea also that humans can control anything is part of the reason we're in this problem. Um, but I do really believe we have a lot more agency than we think we do. We have a lot more capacity to really create a world that's just and beautiful and regenerative. And I think it's really important to not give away your agency um, and to not let, you know, big oil companies decide for you what kind of future you're going to have. And I'm really inspired by the writer Rebecca Solnit, who's an incredible activist, who is also, you know, a historian and really traces, goes through history and shows you examples of people who, even when it was frustrating, even when it seemed impossible, were able to make some big strides in the environmental movement. And it just reminds me, it's like, we set the terms, we decide what our limitations are, you know, we cultivate possibility and the power structures that exist, even though they have real effects, right? They're also, they're also perceived, those power structures can shift too. Um, yeah. Yeah, that's so like interesting. I feel like, yeah, it's more than the frustrating part of it. It's like seeing it in a positive way, right? And being like, okay, if I can do just a little bit myself, that will help to everything to change and start little by little a whole change for everybody. Totally. Like I think people feel like with environmental activism has to be all or nothing or they have to be perfect. And I think that's so not true. Like, first of all, like being a person is just imperfect. <laughs> so whatever actions you take will be imperfect. Um, and yeah, I just so deeply believe that environmental activism, everyone can find their way into it. Whatever you can, whatever you do does make a difference, even if it feels small. But the important thing is that you're, that you're treating it like a practice, the same as you would a meditation practice. And you show up for it every day, however you can, and you know, you figure it out. 
So you learn about it and you try to get in action. So I was reading also that you do some uh, workshops or talks about, um, let me see if I get it right. <laughs> um, no waste is a less waste life or something like that. How do you say that correctly? <laughs> so low waste living. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I the concept, but not the right ones. So, but I think lots of ways. <laughs> so would you have a, any tips or things to tell the audience about how to live in with less waste? Because that's a okay. contribution that today we can take action in being more proactive about that. And that way we can start feeling better about ourselves too. Yeah, well, I think the, the very first step you can take in that practice is doing what um, I call like a trash audit. So for a week, really pay attention to what you use and what you throw out. Um, and then once you look through your trash, which you kind of have to like physically look in your waste basket and see, <laughs> which can be like, you know, it's, it can be, yeah, it's really, you'll realize, okay, I'm using a lot of tissues maybe I can get a handkerchief, you know, or I realize I'm using, a, I'm having granola bars every day that are individually packaged. And there's actually a ton of granola bar wrappers, of plastic granola bar wrappers. Maybe that's something I can learn how to make myself and make really simple and affordable and nourishing like homemade granola bars. So I always think it's best, like first begin with what you are wasting, make note of where you could make a change that would feel like joyful for you. Um, because that's the other thing, like maybe you're using a lot of, you know, you have a plastic toothpaste tube, but the idea of making your own toothpaste is not fun, which is like my case. I'm like, I'm not really going to do that. But like recreating package-free alternatives to food because I love to cook is fun for me. Um, so I think the practice is notice what you waste and then change, make changes where it feels fun for you to make changes. Um, and I think low waste living is really just a practice in paying attention. You know, I, for the longest time, was a really passionate environmentalist, but I never would think about what my food actually came in. And once I started to pay attention, I was like, wow, I'm actually buying a lot of like plastic bags of spinach. Like it really shifted for me. So yeah, I think the first step is just pay attention um, and also be really gentle with yourself. Mm-hmm. No, that, but that's great. I feel like that's a great advice to actually start changing the things that it will make you, like it's fun for you to be like, okay, I'm going to use less plastic. Let's see how much less plastic I can use or how can I do that change. So that way it kind of like motivates you to be engaged in that practice. Totally, yeah. And then also I think like what you were saying about the, the food, Maybe, I mean, we're very familiar with farmer's market here in Colorado, but yeah. I think that's another way to buy food that are not wrapped in plastic all over, find farmers or things like that, if it's possible in your area. Yeah, totally, you know, and I think with all these things, you just have to work with what you have and what your financial boundaries are and what's available in your region. And that's why I think compassion is such an important part of low waste living. And that's why to me, it's so important to say low waste versus zero waste. Because I feel like the zero waste movement does not leave any room for error. 
And Lois is very like, okay, strict. <laughs> yeah, very strict. And I think when something is strict, then it's not sustainable. Um, but low waste living is just an invitation to reduce your waste, be mindful of your consumption, you know, pay attention to um, how you interact. And, and yeah. yeah, just be really careful with that. Yeah, be more conscious, right? Because that's another thing. Like sometimes, like I remember, like I never thought about that before I start learning more about these things. So once that you get interest on it and you see videos or people who are very passionate, then you can, it kind of clicks. It's not that I'm doing everything perfect or that I'm doing it every day, but right. yeah, I'm noticing things like, oh, look what I bought. Like yeah. this time, maybe I shouldn't buy that. Yeah, totally. It's just, yeah. I mean, for me, low waste living was really when it, it was fun for me. It was a creative challenge. Um, and it made me feel kind of, we were talking about earlier, more confident because I was just being resourceful. Mm -hmm. You know, I was learning some really important self-sufficiency skills. And that just made me feel stronger in myself. Yeah. Well, Kate, I think your mission is like incredible. I really admire your work and what you're doing for the planet, for the community, for everybody. So we'll invite uh, all the audience to come to your website. We'll have it here so they can subscribe to your newsletter or ask any questions um, if they want to participate in anything that you're doing. It's anything you want to add uh, or a way that people can connect to you to know about this subject? Yeah, I think, you know, I mean, we post a lot on our Instagram, especially now that we're not able to connect in person. Um, but also our podcast has really been where we're sharing a lot of new information, um, especially specific to COVID-19 and the current crisis. And strategies for climate advocacy and nourishing your nervous system during these really like weird times so yeah so we'll have all those links there so people can connect to you totally. <laughs> thank you so much for being here it was a pleasure it was sweet to see your face even you know through the screen <laughs> in the screen <laughs> yeah